0: On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, we're going on the formidable journey of a young lady named Becca, who became a hunter later in life. Raised in the suburbs of Michigan, Becca wasn't introduced to hunting until meeting her two B husband, Brody, later in college. Becca's contagious enthusiasm and passion for hunting is so genuine and refreshing. She hunts for all the right reasons, and not surprisingly, along the way, has become quite the wild game chef. This gal will try anything. I mean anything. She even recently ate a wolf just to try it. If you're a gal interested in hunting, no matter your age or level of experience, you're going to love this one. And to all those husbands, brothers, boyfriends, and fathers out there, listen up. Becca has some valuable insight on how we can get more women into the outdoors. I hope you all enjoy this conversation half as much as we did recording it.
1: <laughs> it'll be the best ones, and then you'll try to re-record, yeah. and then you'll overthink how good your story was, and yeah. it'll suck.
0: And you got to backpedal. Uh, don't see too many beautiful days like this around here, do you?
1: Not at all. We are on par right now in Alaska to be the setting a record of the wettest year in history.
0: That's what I heard. It sure feels like that in all the hunting I've done in the last month.
1: It's pretty miserable.
0: Yeah, it has just been relentless. And our last camp, it was not only tons of precipitation, but just wind. Yes. Endless wind. And it was, uh, nothing likes the wind. Yep. Like, the mosquitoes don't even like the wind.
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: I don't like the wind. The moose don't like the wind. Nobody likes the wind. The pilots don't like the wind. It is the worst. It's, it's almost worse than being fogged in. Because when you can't see, I, like, I'm quick to say that's the worst situation. Like, man, we get not put so much effort and money and time into getting here to this moment and i can't see it's just like such a a tease um but anyways we are what are we in eagle river we
1: are in eagle river alaska
0: and that's your home now
1: this is where i live
0: and uh for those of you listening my name's pete and i'm sitting here with my good friend becca harris and we met last winter and uh it's funny we ended up you know, small world stuff, knowing quite a few people, the same people in Alaska. Um, But we became friends when your husband and good friend of mine now, Brody, reached out to me, was it, last fall?
1: Last fall. Last fall. of the moment.
0: Brody reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I'd like to bring my wife down to Montana and go on a mountain lion hunt with you guys. And I said, that's great. That's so cool that... A gal wants to go hunting, one, and a gal wants to go lion hunting, even cooler. And um, you guys traveled down to Montana in January?
1: It was the end of January.
0: End of January, and we had just an epic lion hunt.
1: It was so amazing. I still, every now and then...
0: It's a unique adventure, isn't Pull it? up
1: my phone and just look at pictures yeah. and go, this was not a dream. This was, it was amazing.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll get into the lion hunt because it was such a great adventure, Uh, but we're going to back up from that and tell your story a little bit better. What my goal is with this podcast is to kind of dive into you as a woman becoming a hunter and deciding you want to dive into this stuff and your, your journey through figuring out the gear, figuring out... The regulations, uh, what you wanted out of it, what you were going to cook afterward, the whole thing. So uh, I think it was a really organic and genuine process for you.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: So let's just start from your beginnings. Where are you from?
1: All right. So I'm from West Michigan. I grew up in a, I say city girl, not city like New York, Chicago, but city like if you had to drive more than five minutes, it was too far. Okay. Uh, within the five minutes, you get to choose between which grocery store you like the best. Um, all Urban. the things. Urban. That's Urban. a great word. Yeah. Yep. Um never in my life, uh up until and this we'll fast forward to this part eventually, but up until the point I met my husband, I'd never seen a gun or held a gun, or definitely not shot a gun.
0: So you weren't raised in a, an outdoorsy household?
1: Not at all. My dad My dad has this quote of his version of camping, is a Motel 6 with a black and white TV.
0: Yeah, you know, that that's <laughs> that's as adventurous as a lot of people's camping trips get. <laughs> and let me tell
1: you, that Motel 6 is probably worse than a tent. Yeah, I've true. I've been trying to sell him on that idea. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> is Motel 6 the one that lets you have dogs, though?
1: They might. Yeah, I think It they, could be. I think, it or could maybe be it's legit. eight.
0: Maybe it's the Motel eight. <laughs> but there's I one don't have them. much
1: experience with either one.
0: <laughs> I often have dogs with me, believe it or not. So uh, that's a. If I'm going to. Get a motel or hotel for the night. That's usually a, something that I have to look into.
1: Dog-friendly hotels. Yeah, dog-friendly
0: hotels. All right, so you, you but, grow up in this urban environment. Yep, Family's so up not in this hunting. urban,
1: not hunting. I went a couple of times with my grandfather to fish, like, from a dock, you know, with a bobber, and yeah. you catch, like, tiny little bluegill. At the time, I didn't know what that was.
0: My first fish was a bluegill in Michigan.
1: That's amazing. Did you eat it?
0: No, I don't think I did, uh, but there's a real cute little photo of me. Standing on this, like, barrel off of the side of a dock holding up this little bluegill.
1: <laughs> I love it. Eating just one is probably not worth the work. But mm. if you can get a bucket full, they make some of the best pan-fried fish.
0: So you did experience some fish frying as a kid?
1: Yes, with my grandfather. And I can count the times on, on less than one hand. Okay. Um, but that was my exposure. We did do lots of traveling, went to beaches, saw a couple national parks. Yeah, uh, You had a good accepted.
0: childhood. It yeah. just wasn't particularly uh, exactly. revolved around hunting.
1: Not at all. Um, so fast forward uh, in college, I met my now husband mm-hmm. and we met Hell of a guy. Through some, he's the best. Yes, I wish everybody could meet him. Biggest fan. Big fan. I won the lottery, the super lottery.
0: Y'all came here together this morning. I felt bad. I just had to apologize to Brody because I only traveled to Alaska with two headsets. (laughs) So we kind of kicked him out of this. (laughs) That's Uh, okay. But, but yeah, we'll we'll speak on his behalf. Great guy. You met him in college.
1: Super awesome. So we met in college through some mutual friends. Uh, he was only a freshman, I was a junior, so there was kind of oh, that you whole were, like Oh, you
0: were what? going for the young boy.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Cradle <laughs> robber. Yeah. <laughs> so, we kind of like hung out a little bit, but I A was not going to date a freshman, and he <laughs> was not really looking for anything serious, but we were hanging out and long story short, the school year ended and I thought for sure it was just going to be, you know, spring fling. You know nothing serious, and about a week into the summer, uh, he texted me and was like, "Hey, you know, you want to meet up?"
0: Yeah, I was like, You're "Wow, like, oh, this man, is he's, he's he's playing the long game. This is for real. He's playing the long game." So now.
1: we discovered then we only lived about forty minutes apart from each other. So I thought, you know, he's a great guy. What's there to lose? <laughs> so he lived in a. I'm going to just call it like it is. It's a straight-up redneck country <laughs> out there. There's there's Amish people, horse and buggies. You can't see your neighbor. This is
0: hometown. This is where he come from. This
1: is where he's come from. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, make the drive. I'm going out to see him. I, no joke, pull in his driveway and... And he runs out the house. He's coming to say hey. And out of his peripheral vision, he sees that his dog had brought a woodchuck up to the driveway. Oh,
0: wow. And these are
1: like, you know, pretty, you know, whatever. Ranch dogs. Yes, kind of, not really. Okay. So, anyway. The the dog like put it down because he got excited that he was there and the woodchuck was like feeling Oh, still so alive! Brody runs into the garage, comes out and starts beating this thing with a baseball bat in the driveway. My God! And I was like, <laughs>
0: "What am I getting? This to?
1: is a whole new world." What am
0: I? What? <laughs> and he have put I it come.
1: down, took care of it, came and greeted me at the car like a gentleman. Hey,
0: Becca, sorry about that. And
1: I was like, "Hello." <laughs>
0: Just had to finish what the dog started there. Uh, Welcome to my home.
1: So it was like, we're all in from the point of pulling in the driveway. And I was like, this is going to be a big learning curve. But there was something about it that was so intriguing of their lifestyle is nothing that I have ever even seen.
0: And so they are uh, more rural Family that that yep. does a lot of hunting. Yeah,
1: more rural, lots of hunting. Uh, family of farmers. Uh, they've got all the you know excavators and backhoes and all the things in the yard and
0: capable people. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bertie frequently talked about going home in the winter to chop wood for his dad. Yeah. Um, wood stove, that's like a, that's all the good honest work. That I was like, this is this is like little house in the prairie kind of stuff, <laughs> but modern day crazy. So we kind of like. As my heart slowed down and I was like, okay, like these are safe people. (laughs) Uh, We then went out and he's like, hey, you know, I don't really have a lot planned today, but out back, you know, my dad and I were shooting some clay pigeons if you want to come
0: were like, And I've never heard like, of a clay pigeon.
1: So I thought literally, I pictured like a bird, like a pigeon made out of made clay. Out of clay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In fact, it and is <laughs> a uh, spherical orange disc. So
1: I was thinking like some poor woman's pottery is just getting that destroyed. <laughs> I was so Why ignorant. would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, okay, like let's keep delving into this this mystical world that you guys engage with
0: so did you shoot a shotgun
1: so i did that day so i watched at first uh-huh. uh and i did discover they are indeed these right orange discs
0: you weren't you were uh, destroying martha's arts and crafts not at what?
1: all nobody's <laughs> yeah. being harmed that is the purpose of them uh and his dad would do uh you know he'd be like okay here we go uh, and then he'd launch it up, and then they'd shoot it, and you'd see it go. And yeah. I was like, "This is this is amazing." Whoa! So I wanted to try. Uh, so they're walking me through. Well, as I said before, I've never held a gun. I've never shot a gun. I've never done anything. Did I they, was they start a hazard you
0: on a twelve-gauge shotgun.
1: Honestly, I'd have to ask Brody what it was. I imagine but imagine I was. believe that it was either a twelve or a ten, because that's the only shotguns we have.
0: Tens. That's a unique. Uh caliber of a shotgun anyways the 12 gauge is kind of like a big boy gun yeah and an intimidating maybe yep. first gun to shoot yeah
1: so i'm holding it and right away i have questions so i zoom around and they're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. that's so funny. <laughs> they're like okay Put it down. Rewind. Let's go through hunter safety 101 101. speed round. The
0: gun is always loaded. And (laughs) don't point it at humans ever. Yes.
1: So I learned about the safety. I learned about the etiquette. I learned about. First
0: time I took um, my mother shooting. I too come from a family of non-hunters or gun owners, oddly enough. And uh, I took my mom shooting and she shot my handgun. I think I had like a, it was a 40 or something. And I was like, it doesn't kick. And she shoots it and pop. And after after she shoots it, she spins around and accidentally aims the gun at my father and I. And she goes, it does kick. You said it wasn't going to kick. Oh, we no. were all hitting the deck. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I've been th- in a similar situation with my mother.
1: <laughs> yes. So thankfully nobody did get hurt. But they walked me through. And that was my first time of like learning to respect you know, all the things and and understanding how it works. And uh, so they kind of put me through that stuff. And then Brody, like, stood real close, you know, making sure. Because just like I was like, I don't know about this dude with the bat. He's like, I don't know about this chick with the guy. So uh, we started in his – dad you know flew one through the air and i my first one i just got nervous i didn't even pull the trigger i just kind of watched, watched it go it sail by and they're like okay <laughs> this is the goal
0: <laughs> your index it goes finger in the air <laughs>
1: and you're supposed to hit it yeah. i was like okay <laughs> so it's not easy it's not uh but he did have like nice uh they weren't flying horizontally across kinda they were flying away vertically straight away so easier. that increased the odds sure Uh, so it was kind of like round two. Okay, here we go. And it sailed out in front and I hit it. Like it wasn't like a beautiful shatter, but it was like a little chunk
0: came up and
1: I was just over the moon. (laughs) Uh, so I, it was one of those things where I was like, I got to stop on a high note. One and done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it did have quite a kick. Uh, but the adrenaline in the space, similar to what it's like when you actually get behind an animal, you don't feel it right uh, until after, and you're like, "What just oh, happened? I blacked out." What's that bruise? Yeah, <laughs> and You're like, "Oh sure. yeah, I shot a clay pigeon."
0: <laughs> I often say that, uh, like at the gun range, guns are so loud. Yes. And then when you're hunting and you, you shoot, you're like, it. "I didn't even hear it." Yep. And I over. know the same concussion just rattled me, but yep. I'm so focused. One
1: hundred percent. So we kind of like delved into some of those things. That was my first exposure to any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we continued hanging out a little bit, and it got to the season of uh, whitetail deer hunting. Okay. That's something that uh, Brody's family does to provide for their family. That's where they get their meat from.
0: And is this a, uh, in Michigan, are you guys hunting with rifles or shotguns?
1: Yeah. So, the first season that opens is bow only. Right. Um, and in the state of Michigan, a crossbow can be utilized during bow season. Same as
0: Ohio. Um.
1: So, that will come into play, you know, down the road as I got joining in. But Brody already did kind of like a uh like a compound you yeah. know he's actually pulling it back you know all that stuff so He's a bow hunter. Yeah. yeah. Uh so bow hunting came first. This
0: man just keeps getting more attractive to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh and then after bow season uh is muzzle loader. Sure. Um so you can't use like there's no like rifle season in this part of the state.
0: That's the uh, um, same as my upbringing in Ohio. Um, you got a three month archery season, which crossbows qualified for. I killed my deer with my first deer with crossbow. Awesome. And then quickly switched to compounds. But, um, yeah, there's like a seven day shotgun season. So very limited firearm opportunity in comparison to the archery stuff.
1: Totally. So he starts telling me, you know, I want you to come sit with me. I think this is going to be a fun time together. Uh, and it was kind of one of those things of, okay, like, what do I do? And he's like, you just sit. (laughs) And I was like,
0: "Yeah, but then what?" Okay,
1: so I'm like, you know, how hard can it be? I I, I have no exposure to hunting. Uh, my understanding of hunting was like, there's people who are super wealthy and are trophy hunters, and there's people who are rednecks and do it for food, and there's no in between.
0: Interesting.
1: That was all of my knowledge.
0: And you're like, where do I now fall in this spectrum?
1: I was not sure, and <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to. <laughs> 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 uh, so my first time, I you know, I don't have any gear for that kind of stuff. So I'm wearing Brody's mm-hmm. oversized, you know, just for reference. I'm five foot two. He's six foot one. Yep. Um, you know, I'm just like little scrawny petite.
0: He bundles he, you up.
1: Yeah, so I'm wearing his like old Gear like way too big, clunky boots, super heavy. I want to see a picture. But feeling like I'm like this is legit. <laughs> You're like putting on your uniform for hunting. Yeah. And you know like shuffle out. I was waddling through the woods, and every step he's like walk quieter. <laughs> and I'm like how? Like what do you mean walk quietly? I'm swimming in and these he's, clothes. And he's telling me like how you put your feet, and then he's like stop stepping on the leaves, and I'm like there's leaves everywhere. So you know for just going was, into the
0: woods and sitting still there's yes. a lot of rules right it now it was
1: this like instant like like there must be this is way harder than i thought it yeah. was like you have to walk a certain way and you have to you know so then we get and we're climbing up in the tree stand and i'm like i have to sit in that and he's like yeah like is was there it a, a
0: ladder stand it was yeah
1: yep uh and he had was carrying like a I don't know the formal term even still, but I'm going to call it like a clip-on seat where I was in the ladder stand and he climbed up and then he hooked it to the tree. Okay. Uh, Kind of off to the side so then I can Was it have... like a
0: saddle or just a, another like hang-on stand?
1: Another hang-on okay, stand. Okay, very good. Yep.
0: I can picture this.
1: Yep. So I climb up and I'm sitting up there and there's no like covering and I'm like looking down. I'm like, I might fall out. <laughs> uh, But then he climbs up. He's like, you're going to be fine. Just sit still. I'm like, okay. I think I lasted three minutes minutes until i had questions like when's it gonna come and where's it gonna be yeah. and what's my job and he's like
0: Jobs your job right questions. now is <laughs> to stop
1: talking <laughs> and i was like what okay and so then i was like whispering like okay and he's like no like no talking
0: no talking and i was like and so is this a morning hunt
1: uh this was an evening an evening um, yep and we went out probably like Four o'clock, four thirty, something like that. I had a couple hours till yep. it was gonna be dusk. You had time um, to talk. Yep. And at that time, uh food plots in the sense of like laying out corn and all of that stuff was legal in the state of Michigan. Okay. That has now changed. You can't do that any anymore. Um, but at the time it was like corn was laid out, salt blocks were there. Mm-hmm. Uh and so, you know, it was all set up. a deer's, you know, and, and he's like just just he's way too kind to say shut up yes um but in the nicest way possible that's exactly what he was saying
0: please stop using words
1: Yeah, so he then starts telling me, like, do you have your phone? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we're going to download a game, like, right now. <laughs> so right. I'm like, Keep okay. <laughs> so I'm, like, downloading a game, but then I start getting excited that I'm winning. And oh, <laughs> my he's like, you have to sit still and you have to stop talking or we're not going to see anything.
0: Yeah, you might be too energetic to be a tree stand hunter. Yep.
1: So long story short, we never saw anything. You didn't? Okay. Um, no, it was totally my fault, I'm sure. But did you, um,
0: what I like about being in a tree stand is even if, you, if the deer don't come in and if you don't, successfully kill a deer you the birds you see the squirrels running through the woods totally uh just I, changing into the dusk I evening. have gotten to
1: the point that I agree in that season of my introduction I was like this is so lame
0: yeah you're a little uh, uh restless
1: yes so we continued to do that two or three times uh and Brody quickly realized this is not working so he in his In his desire to, like, at that time, spend time with me, but also to help me understand more of the culture, he actually gifted me with a crossbow. Cool. Uh, And he was like, okay, like, you're going to have your own thing. And,. And I'm going to help you prepare for this. So we did target practice. We did all the things to where I got confident. Sweet. And there was something mentally that shifted. This is maybe a tip to any guy who's listening. Like, get your wife her own thing. Because sitting for you to experience something is really hard. Yes. As soon as I feel like I'm experiencing something, it was like, I'm all part, in.
0: I'm part of this. It was
1: like, I'm all in. Like, something's going to come and I'm going to So that, that was a shift. It was a massive shift. When
0: you, So you probably got... Your own tag at that point. Yep, your own I, hunting yep, license. And, yep, and I have your own weapon. And I
1: have my own hunting license the whole time just yep. for um the integrity piece of I was out there sitting in the woods. Oh, good and, on you. Um, all of those things. Uh and I was very interested even from the beginning in the processing portion of like, okay, what happens and how does yeah, this work and, and we're how gonna does it turn get to boring to that.
0: You are the most curious uh hunter and forager that I'll just say there's nothing that I would say there is nothing, and you just proved this a moment ago by showing me what you recently ate, that you are not interested in trying to cook up and eat.
1: No. Anything that I have any any role, even if I'm just a bystander, anything that gets shot, I want to try it at least once. Yeah, very good. Um, I hope nobody ever shoots a skunk because I recently watched a show oh, no. of people who cook things that nobody ever eats because it intrigues me, oh, my and gosh. everybody got sick after eating the skunk. Yeah. So please don't shoot a skunk because I probably would be crazy enough to try. Oh. Um, but anyway... Anyway, so I get this crossbow and I start becoming confident and I go out and I'm sitting in the woods and it was because of just my shift in posturing and probably a little bit of luck too. Um, that, that was the first time that a deer actually walked in while I was sitting in the stand
0: and is Brody with you,
1: Brody's with me. Yep. Right next to me at that particular evening, we were actually sitting in a double. Um, so like right next to me, next to me,
0: I've been in one of those as well. Um, Ladder stand with two seats up at the top.
1: Yep. And, uh, my whole trajectory of my hunting experience shifted at that moment.
0: So walk me through that. What happened that evening or morning?
1: Well, it's actually a really devastating story. Oh gosh. Um long story short, the deer came in. It was a, a mature doe. Um so obviously it's my first time. I'm not Trophy hunting. I'm like, I don't care if it's legal. I'm not sure. gonna shoot Bambi. Um, but yeah. it was Bambi's mom. She full, was alone. Full
0: grown doe is on the menu.
1: Yes. And so, uh, Birdie's walking me through, and he's like, you know, don't move. Um, you know, and all, at that moment, it was like you're having like a seizure. Yes. And I was like, what is happening to me?
0: You start shaking. Yes, yes, like
1: a lot. And I've played sports my whole life. I love pressure. I love all of the things.
0: You are out of control of this And it was like shaking.
1: something in my soul just came alive. Like oh, I love it. There's an animal, and I'm holding the tool in order to turn that into table fare. And it, it just was like this... This dynamic of the rest of my life is going to look different regardless of how this ends.
0: Wow. Powerful um, moment.
1: Yeah. So anyway, just not to delve too much into the devastation. Long story short, I missed. Okay. Um, And I think, I know, I was just way too excited.
0: Better than um, better than wounding one on your, that would have been real. Yep,
1: so I did, there was like the hair kind of flew up and there was like, you know, all the whatever things. And Birdie's telling me, you know, don't move, you know. 'Cause you're never super positive at the at that time. Right. We went down, there's no blood trail, there's just, no whatever. Little haircut. Exactly. Yeah. Uh was and it low or high? Honestly, I have no clue. Okay. I think I just was like Irresponsibly. I, I blacked flinging. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I had all the skills, and I was so confident at the target, but it was like, and, and the dill wasn't moving. It was like dream, broadside, yeah. exactly where, you know, right on the distance. I still, um,
0: I mean, people call that buck fever, right? Yep, Get, same thing. Getting rattled. And I think if, if you don't experience that to some level, what are, what are you doing it for? Um, yeah. I remember my first deer hunts, and it was like an uncontrollable, almost violent shaking. Yes. And I remember being like, what is happening? Yes. Why can I cannot control my hands right now? Yeah. And you know, the more you hunt, the more you can control that and manage that. But it, I, it doesn't go away. And I think that is yeah. what makes you unhonored. oh,
1: totally. And I've come a long way in my composure. Yeah. Um, in those things, you got to hopefully experience some of that in our recent mountain lion hunt. Oh yeah, that was great. um, and some of those dynamics. But this just this first time, so. Anyway, long story short, I got down and the second my feet hit the ground from the tree stand, I bawled like a three-year-old, just got his lollipop taken away.
0: And are you sad because <laughs> you think you wounded it? Are you sad because it got away? you, th- you feel like you I was hunt, sad.
1: Or? I didn't think I had wounded it and I wasn't sad it got away. I was devastated at what could have happened.
0: The lost potential. Yeah, the lost opportunity. Yes,
1: and it was the lost opportunity, but it was also like... Oh my gosh! Like, what if I would have wounded it? What if I would have, you know, all of these things? And it was pure respect for the animal. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those dynamics of you got to see it in its element, and I'm coming into its habitat, um, and you just wanted to be the most respectful thing possible. Uh, and and it it ended up, you know, the deer was fine. You know, it yep. it, it it ran off and all the things and we the next morning went back kind of retraced steps to make sure that there wasn't anything we potentially missed Um, but it it was totally good Um, but it was just the the mental processing of of it didn't go the way that i had hoped
0: and that shook you Um,
1: it totally shook me so i
0: i I can't think of a better person to kind of walk you through that process the brody though i have to imagine he is oh stolen you
1: brody is like anyone listening to this podcast if you are interested in getting your wife into the outdoors Mm -hmm. and you don't know how to do it brody's your guy i'm sure there's lots of experts i'm sure there's books you can read he'd probably be a terrible author and i have no interest in editing (laughs) what that would entail i love him to death that is not his strong suit um but like he he was so amazing. Uh, so I got into like a mental funk where I was like, I'm not hunting again. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with you in the stand. I'm not anti-hunting. I'm not any of those things. But I just lacked the confidence, uh, all the things. And I was like, I'm done. Wow. Uh, and Brady was like, No, actually, you're not. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're he not. He wasn't gonna let me quit. We're not gonna quit. Yeah. No.
1: So he we kind of reversed. And went back to, I sat in the stand next to him and he was, he was brilliant. He was like, if you're not going to go, then I'm not going to go. Wow. Uh, Power move. And I was like, oh, like this is his favorite thing. And this is his family. And this is like what he loves. Like, what are we going to do? So, uh, so I went back to sitting with him and fast forward the, the next opportunity for a deer to come in, Brody successfully shot it. Archery. Um. Yep, archery. Wow. Uh, and it was like that was my turning point of, okay, it really is what I thought it could be. And that my first time to go through like it sounds crazy, but the gutting of the animal and seeing all of the things yeah. inside and then I was able to be part of processing it and turning it into meat and stuff. That got you back grinder, on track. Got me back on track. Okay. I still was not interested in my crossbow. Um, but later that season during muzzle loader, I did take my first dough. Awesome. Um so it was kind of like, okay, like I can do this. It is gonna be okay. And it was that kind of series of events mm-hmm. that was like, I I want to learn more about this. I want to get better at this. I want to do this for the rest of my life.
0: And you enjoyed everything about it from being outside, spending time with someone you love, to filling your freezer and getting food for yourself and Every every step of it interested you.
1: Every single step of it, minus the nights I sat outside that were extremely cold.
0: Yeah, that's a <laughs> uh, that's a good note. Uh, anybody <laughs> trying to get their wife, girlfriend, or child into hunting, uh, my experience too is uh, when people get cold, yep. the fun is over.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, and I like I stuck it out. You know, several of those evenings, but. Uh, definitely if that would have been my first exposure, I would have bailed really fast. Like not for me. Yep. Um, and the other dynamic that this has come over the years is just getting better gear, gear that yep. was fit for me, not wearing Brody's old, um, you yep. know, oversized baggy clothes, uh, for, for months I was wearing like blue jeans, <laughs> uh, Proper under-
0: Michigan hunting. Yeah, here.
1: totally yeah. blue jeans and like, you know, Ugg boots, um
0: <laughs> so maybe you were one of these wealthy hunters. <laughs> totally
1: bougie out there. You
0: brought you brought uh <laughs> you brought your urban style to into the totally, because rural... that was
1: all that I had. Yeah. Um so anyway, all of those kinds of things kind of got that. So we stayed in Michigan um for a couple of years, and then we went on a spontaneous adventure to Alaska. Uh we literally sold all of our stuff. Uh, we didn't know anybody. We did not have jobs. We had no place lined up. We were married. You got married. We got married in between all of this. Awesome. Uh, and lived in the back of our truck. We built like a platform bed. Cool. Uh, slept back there and
0: life on the road.
1: Life on the road. Um, so you
0: guys are, you guys are young. You're freshly married. College is over. Yep. And you said, let's get rid of our material objects. Live in our truck and head towards Alaska.
1: Exactly. So wow. we, and when was this? This was in 2018. Okay. Uh, so we we kind of adventured, hiked, backpacked. Uh, across America? Not all the way across, but we did travel all the way over to like Yellowstone, Tetons. Mm. You know, a lot of those things. Been there, yeah. Out of our way to Alaska, but um, chose to det detour in some of those spaces spent a lot of time in south dakota wyoming is Um, there a
0: destination in mind in alaska do you have interviews jobs housing lined up anything
1: yeah so we we knew one family that lived in eagle river alaska okay uh, because brody spent one summer playing in the alaska baseball league oh he was a pitcher in college and uh played summer ball each year
0: looks like a baseball
1: and yeah
0: long arms
1: southpaw lefty (laughs) (laughs) first time i saw him (laughs) sold (laughs) He rocks the pants. (laughs) Um, That looks
0: good in a baseball uniform. He
1: does. (laughs) The, like, hiker booty with the thick thighs, (laughs) it works for him. So uh, we –
0: So you knew some people in Eagle River. We knew one
1: family, Yeah, and they were his host family while he played baseball. Okay. So we had called them and said, hey, you know – we're going on this crazy adventure. We're going to come to Alaska. Can we stay in your basement until we kind of figure life out? Sure. Uh, and they were like, yeah, you know, we have like a little window of time before the next round of players are coming because we were going like he- heading into the summer. Uh, so they were going to host baseball players again. Um, and so we we kind of drove up, took a little over a month. Uh, once we arrived, Brody had gotten a construction job just kind yeah. of, through random connections. Uh, And the day after we got here, I started working. I started interviewing places.
0: Yeah, so tell me about your profession.
1: Yeah, so I am a behavior analyst. I work with kids who have autism. Mm -hmm. And I currently work in an outpatient clinic here local in Eagle River. And do behavior therapy um, to just increase the overall independence, social skills, communication dynamics um, of people who experience the reality of autism.
0: That is an incredible line of work. And I, we're all so lucky that people like you are passionate about uh, that line of work and yeah, the families that you impact, the kids you work with—you are a—you are a saint.
1: Oh, it's—it is so fun, and there's a lot of mis, misunderstandings of what autism entails. A lot of people, you know, when they hear what I do, they're like, "Wow, you know, are you ever afraid, or do you feel like you're in danger?" Um, the answer is no. Um, there's definitely some days that are um, high intensity. Yeah. There's definitely some moments where. Uh, you need to be alert, um, but most often um, you are getting to see um, just another person who yeah. is no different than you and they they love all the same things. You get to see them laugh and the the privilege of seeing those aha moments, whether it's like, holy crap. They peed in the toilet for the first time. No different than moms or dads that are listening to this. And you're like, we made it.
0: We're all we're um, all people figuring this thing. Yes. Life out. And
1: it's whether those I get to see kids use their words for the first time. I get to see kids learn how to play, help them build friends. I have a, uh, a current client right now. And literally what we're working on is his dream is to have a dating relationship. And he's like, oh, wow!" I get. I don't like talking to people and I don't know how to talk to people and I'm nervous. So we're practicing those things. Wow. Um, so it's, it's a really fun industry to be in. You get to meet a lot of people. Um, and it, and it's active, which I also love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that just speaks to your character and your guys's, uh outlook on life. And so you, you make it to Alaska, both of you find work and this is 2018. Yep. And then you say, this is, A short-term thing, a long-term thing you don't know?
1: It was the plan and what we told all of our families because our families were – they were supported, but they were devastated. Like
0: You're going far away.
1: Everybody, like all my siblings, all Brody's siblings, the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, they all live within like a one-hour radius. And we're like, yeah, we're not just moving. We're moving to Alaska.
0: You guys are going rogue.
1: Yes, totally. Like black sheep of the family for sure. So, uh, we told everyone, and this truly was our intention at the time, uh, we're going to go for one year and we're going to just adventure. We're going to hike, we're going to hunt, we're going to camp, we're going to see the outdoors and then we're going to come back and we're going to settle and we're going to have a family and it's going to be the cute little life that all the Michiganders live. Uh, and we were going to roll right back into that. That was the intent.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring it to your attention but you probably already know it's 2022 we're still here
1: <laughs> we are still here after one year rather than moving back we bought a house okay very good um but in that first year it was super expensive and news flashed. uh we were newly married very blue-collar workers didn't have a lot of money uh and so we could not afford for both of us to get non-resident hunting license and tags yeah
0: they're very expensive very expensive if you don't know uh if you're a resident of alaska a lot of your tags are free yes you just get them yep and if you're a non-resident like any other western state you might hunt in uh non-resident permits are extremely expensive like a moose tags 800 bucks a grizzly tags a thousand dollars yeah these are not Small purchases. No,
1: not at all. And we were not in a position to know nothing and have two of us be like, yeah, let's just, you know, see if we can find a black bear. Um, so, uh, only Brody for that first year got a non-resident hunting license and we only that first year did, um, black bear tags. Okay. Um, that was something that we were like, okay, you know, we've watched a lot of hunting shows. We love shows. We love podcasts. We love all the things. Um, and we threw some early mutual connections, um got access to a family that moved out of state and they had a cabin uh where there was no bear areas so we were going to do a bait stand. Okay. Um and we we were like this is similar to, you know, deer hunting and the tree stand. Sure. Similar, you know, skill set range, all the things that uh we felt like that was kind of a good groundbreaking entry point. So uh that first year uh Long story short, we did successfully take a black bear from the bait stand. It was a really cool experience. Nothing, no trophy black bear, anything like that. Um, but we we took it, we cooked it, we ate it, um, processed all the things. And I know probably even right now people are like, oh my gosh, they ate a bear. If you haven't tried to eat it, um, you're missing out. And if you ate it and it was bad, you're doing it wrong.
0: There you go. You're, you're um, selling it.
1: I am. And and I should... I should disclaimer these were not fish eating bears and it was spring bear yeah um so the, so the best
0: possible bear meat totally gotten.
1: yep um so lots of just like super exciting but in that experience it was like this like i felt like we could have our own tv show in what that stand entailed yeah like it was out in the swamps we had pretty janky four wheelers and we bought these things called j wheels what's that they are these massive extensions that you put on the tires of your four wheeler that if you watch the commercial it will be like oh these can make you like float in the water
0: they're like paddles or something yes
1: they like make your wheels way wider they're supposed to help you float
0: through swampy uh, through like swampy stuff, stuff make it better okay
1: it took us like 6 hours and a whole lot of winching to get through this stuff. Just we to broke get to off your bait site. Yeah, we broke off two J-wheels on our first trip. Like <laughs> it was this like crazy There's
0: some hurdles off, to get over here. Off
1: the road. Uh, type of experience yeah. so you get there you're exhausted we had you know done all the things of like okay what food do we w- want to put on our bait stand and uh w- six
0: hours in i mean is this just going to be a one-time thing
1: so or? we were new at our jobs you know all the things didn't have you know a lot so it was like weekend stuff okay so we would drive down friday after work um, ride in like Saturday morning and then have really just one night. If we were really ambitious and Friday night, Saturday there? night. Yep. yep. Staying, sleeping in that cabin. Okay. Uh, and then we would do the six hour haul and the drive back on Sunday. Um, so that we could be back at work on Monday morning. And um, I'm
0: sure you experienced tons of things along the way. Just yes. To and from this hunt.
1: Totally. Um, uh, but the craziest moment of the whole thing was, uh, it was one night in particular where you know did all the things you get out there and like I like I said before I did not have uh, the hunting license so in Alaska they allow somebody to carry um, like a like a pistol something like that as self protection just self protection mm-hmm. um, they don't require you know any specific licensing in order to do that so I just had um, my little pistol. And I wasn't allowed to touch the bait. I wasn't allowed to do any of those things. So Brody had to do all of that. Um, And we were very interested in doing things the right way. Yeah. So I never touched it. I never, you know, did anything like that. And I'm doing like 360 degree, like you would see. um, You're on guard. And, like, the, you, have you seen the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes. Like, when they round a corner and you're, like, <laughs> you're doing like the thing. secret agents. This is me in the woods. <laughs> 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 like, I, you know, I'm holding the thing. And I should say, before we left Michigan, Brody did um, – I say make me, that's too strong of a term. We together went through a concealed to carry class. Oh, very good. Because he wanted me to get comfortable carrying a pistol and um, to do it the right way. We had done some brain shooting and some of that stuff. So um, the actual pistol wasn't, you know, I'm familiar, but I'm like, okay, like, I'm out here. We're holding the bait. You know, the bears are going to be coming, and it's my job to protect my husband. <laughs> all of this just yes. totally ridiculous. So I'm, like, totally Mrs. Smith mode, like, 360-degree. like Da-na-na. Also, like, keeping in mind all that I learned from my, my whitetail, like, don't step on the leaves. We're going right. to be silent, you know. All the things, looking around and thinking, like, I am just – I'm legit. Yeah. Like, I, are. I've made it out here, and this is so hardcore. Look at
0: me now. <laughs>
1: totally. That, that was me, 100%. <laughs> so, all of this happens. The bait goes in. We go sit up in the stand. It was pretty crappy weather, rainy, Um, not super cold, which is nice, mm-hmm. uh, but in you're a tree saying you don't have, like, there's no umbrella. There's no covering. You just are wet. That's right. Uh, And it rained for probably, I don't know, six or seven hours, and then it lightened up, and... Out of nowhere, there's no warning. There's no here it's coming. There's no did you hear that? It's like just all of a sudden, there is a sow with three cubs, brown bears. Whoa, big like you there. Like I said, no warning. It's like, was there a sound? And they were there.
0: And you are not hunting brown bear. We're,
1: well, we kid hunt brown bear, but you can never do a sow with cubs,
0: of, of course. Yeah, so.
1: We're sitting there, and Brody's like, you know, his gun's down because this is out with cubs, and he's got his camera out, and he's taking pictures and doing videos, and I am literally holding on to the tree, shaking. Oh, no. And he's, he's not even paying attention to me because this is our first experience with bears <laughs> in Alaska, and it's up close because they're yeah. right at the bait stand. And he looks, he's like, isn't this cool? And I was like, hi, I'm so afraid right this, now. This feels very dangerous. <laughs> and I'm asking him all the questions, like, can they climb into the tree? Can they, like... <laughs> (laughs) And all that I have is my little thing, and I'm just holding it. And he's like, put that down. Like, we're not – it's okay. Uh, And they would look right up at us, and then they'd go back to their food. But there – the mom in particular, this sow, she's got – and this is like one of those big drum barrels, and it's filled. And she's – picking it up over her head with one arm slamming it against the oh ground my gosh. Uh, and you're at, just
0: picturing her doing that to you
1: yes it goes south and i said in that moment i like tap brody on the thigh and i said I just want to say I'm so sorry that I thought I was gonna protect you. If those things come in, <laughs> we're both gonna die. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help. Yeah, I was like, we are, we're toast. So it, in that moment, it was just one of those things. But they stayed there probably 30, 45 minutes, just That's so eating. cool. That's a pretty cool um, encounter. So through that space, it's like you calm and you realize, oh, actually, they don't really care at all that we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're no threat at all. Um, and just watching them was just the space that it was like, okay, this is not a white doe anymore.
0: No, you're not in Michigan I, anymore. I
1: am in Alaska, and these bears are a whole new ballgame.
0: Yeah, a little bit of a, a reality check.
1: Yes. Uh, so we that was the space that it was like, okay, I've always loved the animals, loved the process, but I learned I have to respect like the the nature the habitat they're not just going to walk in front of me and wait for the shot it's like no you have to respect them you like they're they're ferocious
0: yeah absolutely uh, but
1: it was it was the coolest experience terrifying absolutely but so cool
0: Welcome to Alaska. Uh, yes,
1: and that was the moment that I was like this is like I am I'm out of my league again. Like I was feeling pretty good about my dough. Um I am again like the rookie.
0: Yeah, I turns out I still got a lot to learn.
1: Yes. Uh so long story short, we ended up taking a black bear from that bait stand. Cool. Really cool experience.
0: Ate on that bear, um, enjoyed eating the bear. Ate on
1: the bear, loved it, tasted really good. Very cool. Um and that was kind of like the space where we were like, okay, if we want to get into hunting, we want to really learn more about this. Do more of these things a year is not enough. That's right. Um it takes a year to become a resident That's in right. the state of Alaska. Uh so after a year, then we could do lots. Um lots.
0: Um, my friend Dan last night then stated uh kind of an Alaskan truth to me where he said, you know, everyone thinks Alaskan residents, you get your residency and you're just immediately killing doll sheep and brown bears and mountain goats. And he's like, it's, even if you're a resident, doing anything in Alaska is still such an expedition and so much logistics with planes and trucks and boats. And it's expensive just because you're a resident and you have access to these tags doesn't mean it's super affordable all of a sudden or it's everything in Alaska is just more complicated and more, uh, more logistics and just
1: 100%. Difficult. Yeah. And that's one of the big adjustments that we had. And Brody had a bigger adjustment to this than I did just because he had had that lifelong exposure. But even from the couple of years that, you know, I had, Delved into whitetail hunting with him in Michigan, it was like it can be Tuesday night at four p.m. and you're like, "Want to go hunt tonight?" Yeah, you can't Um, do that in Alaska. You can't can't do that. You have to plan in advance. It takes, you know, even things that can be done on a weekend, which people still would think like what we did on over the weekend is crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but you have to, you know. The the length of travel, the amount of gear, the number of toys. And you can absolutely do it without that stuff. You can hike in places. And we did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But to continue to expand and the danger of Alaska. Like in Michigan, it's like whitetail is kind of like what everybody does. And there's the danger of like, I want to get a bigger one, a nicer one. In Alaska, the danger is the more you learn, the more you discover new opportunities and new places and new methods what, and, what do you mean
0: by danger
1: uh it is a it's it is a your bucket list grows so long i see that you you can't do it all i see and it's it's like a trap yeah uh, <laughs> and it's it's a money trap it's a time trap it's a it's a it's vicious a, addiction yes it's so addicting yes uh and i even like i when we first i first started dating brody uh he, he, ha- they have like some really nice whitetail muley deers, pronghorns, stuff like that, um, mounted inside of their home. So they home. had some
0: Western hunting experience. Yep. His yeah.
1: family annually still goes to Montana. Awesome. Uh, but, uh, I always said to him, I was like, listen, like this hunting stuff is super cool, but we're never gonna have something on the wall. Like that's kind of I don't like it looking at me. <laughs> um, that has drastically changed, and now I sometimes literally sit in my living room and scan the look walls, and self. I'm like, you know what, look really good right here,
0: <laughs> big cougar. Yes,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Babe, what would it take to go on a muskox hunt? Because I like I think one of those would be perfect in that spot. Like it's it's this it's this fascination and addiction that I, just uh, sucks you in.
0: I am guilty of the same thing. I almost prided myself for a long time for not having taxidermy. I just had European mounts and yep. collected antlers and skull plates and skulls and tan hides. I had no taxidermy work done. Yep. And then I got a mountain goat and I life sized it. And I was like, "Oh boy, I like this!" <laughs> and now I have a, a serious taxidermy addiction, and every animal, um, I, w- I want to get every animal mounted, and I want to defend taxidermy because I think if people are quick to be like, "Ah, oh, that's kind of a cocky or uh, you know a, a boastful way to you know celebrate your hunt," but I, in fact look at those mounts and get to relive that hunt and that adventure and, res- and I get to respect that animal even more when I see him in his entirety again.
1: One hundred percent. And I've had some people ask me and even my own family, like no nobody that we routinely engage with is like anti taxidermy, but lots of people have asked like that's a significant financial commitment. You know, why why is it worth that to you? Uh and I tell them A the artwork that it takes to be a taxidermist. It is absolute people, art. People do not respect it enough. Um, to me, that is more impressing than a painting or a drawing that costs the same amount or more.
0: I'd agree with you're you. You're
1: recreating something
0: a living from creature.
1: itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to put like a little foam thing inside of it or something like that. But they are making something that is dead come back to life.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. And it's, it's
1: astounding. Um, but on a personal level... Aside from just their sheer talent that makes the cost worth it, um, I I love the conversation starters that it entails. Yeah, the hunting education that it has allowed of people that come into our home for dinner. Yeah, and they look across. I'm, I'm not quite in your club yet, Pete, but I do have a half a half body mountain goat on the wall.
0: That's beautiful, and you got um, a, you got a giant cat coming up soon. I too. do.
1: It's at the taxidermist yeah. now. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but when they sit and they ask, it allows you to kind of what we're doing today—to retell the stories, to relive where you've come from, and to re
0: honor the like. I yes. feel like I get to like uh, re renew my respect for yes. that animal yep. time and, and time again yep
1: and I one of the things for me that I love about hunting is using as much of the animal as possible um, yeah. like like you've mentioned a couple of different times I will eat anything
0: yeah let's um, let's touch on some of that for a minute so I want <laughs> I want you to tell me about your first bear hunt which is the crazy story that you recently <laughs> told me yes and that involves uh you eating a ground squirrel right yes is that, that hunt
1: that was a different hunt, oh, but we have eaten a ground squirrel. Yeah. Um. So, just for clarity, are you wanting me to tell you of my hiking mountain hunt that resulted in a had trekking pole? Really tr-
0: the trekking pole story. Is okay. What I hear. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Because um, I did recently go on a successful bear hunt. Yes, you did. Congratulations. Um, thank you. That Beautiful was also bear. really exciting. And that was your first bear. That was my first successful bear hunt yeah. where I was the shooter. Right. Um. So that was that was really cool. But yes, the story that Pete's asking about. So, um kind of picking up where we left off we've now become residents we both have hunting license you know and as pete was mentioning you can in the state of alaska there's areas that are draw but then there's also areas that you can just get harvest tickets you literally go online you print it inside your house you stick it in your pocket
0: over the counter is what most people would know
1: exactly um it, it takes nothing other than the cost of your ink and if you don't have a printer you can go to walmart and they'll print it for you
0: they'll make they'll do it for you
1: (laughs) it's amazing so we uh had kind of done a lot of hiking our first year again we were poor hiking is free you just need a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. uh and you get to see a lot and do a lot of things and so we had kind of through hiking picked an area that we had seen bears in the distance done some different dynamics and we decided we're gonna Strap on our packs, carry our rifles, and we're gonna go on a bear hunt.
0: Cool. Uh,
1: this is an area. Not a, you,
0: not a bait hunt anymore. Nope, You're we're not baiting. This spot is spot and stalk. And stalk.
1: Yep, uh, true. We we ditched the bait stand after that first year and said we wanna we wanna get more into their territory. We wanna learn about some of these other methods of hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brody had grown up going to Montana every year. They do spot and stalk with mule deer,s um, a lot of that kind of stuff. But uh, this was our first embark uh, for me for a bear. Yeah. And this was a bucket list thing of mine. Brody had gotten his off the bait stand and I really wanted a bear. Yeah. You know, all the things. So I am mentally tough. Physically, I have to work really hard um, to keep up with Brody. I was um, gonna
0: say you're pretty athletic, but I'm athletic but Brody but is he just a is, stud of a man and big yes. big long. People legged.
1: our friends call him the mountain goat. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't sweat, he doesn't get tired, he doesn't breathe hard. He keeps going. He just goes. Yeah. Um and I love that about him. It's amazing. But
0: it's hard to keep up um, with him. But them. it's
1: hard to keep up <laughs> with him at times. So I, you know, had kind of talked with him in advance of of okay, help me see on the map. We love Onyx, like I want to know how far do I have to go so I can mentally prepare. I'm going to make it there. I'm not going to quit.
0: I just want to know my route. Uh,
1: I just want to know, like, how far do I have to go? So when I feel like I'm going to die and I'm only a quarter of the way, (laughs) I I know where I'm going. (laughs) And so I kind of had, you know, we had picked out kind of a good glassing area that we've seen stuff before. and But it was the most intense climb that we had done. So several thousand feet in elevation gain, um, super steep, uh, just pretty gnarly terrain
0: and going from t- tree stand hunting to a pretty rigorous backpack mountain hunt this is yes this is uh new
1: yes very new and just the weight even of your your gun your backpack your we yep. were gonna camp overnight so I had you got gear like sleeping bags food you all the got things
0: 40 50 pounds
1: I think I was closer to 30.
0: okay Brody was hum Brody was, humping Brody up a lot was of that helping gear. me out a lot.
1: <laughs> I'm a brody at 67. <laughs> uh but so we get going up and I just was physically exhausted. But I have this personal philosophy that anytime I'm going out, there's two things I can control. I can control my attitude and my effort. Okay. I can't change the weather. No. You I can't can. make the terrain less steep. Absolutely. I can't do any of that Wish stuff. Wish we could. But I can control my attitude and my effort. So those were all that I was focused on. Perfect. And I was like, one step at a time, we're going to keep moving. And if I choose to have a bad attitude, nobody has fun. Because mm-hmm. then Brody's miserable. <laughs> and then I'm grumpy. And then I don't want to be there anymore. Right. Um, and if you decide to quit, then you're not going to make it. And they don't have a chance to be successful. So that was, like, my whole focus.
0: Focus on what you can control.
1: Yep. So, long story short, I get to the point uh, where, you know, we are following a trail. And then you go off trail, some, like, side hilling. Yep. That's the toughest part, you know, all that stuff. But I get to this point that it was like this is where we had marked off. Beautiful bowl, glassing area, great terrain, the weather's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh and I set my bag down and Bertie's like, I think we should go over the next ridge. Of and course. I was like, That I was not part of the plan. Did not mentally prepare for that. And I feel comfortable, I feel confident. I think you should go over that next ridge, and I'm gonna pop my keister here. I'm
0: gonna have a snack,
1: and that's exactly what I did. I got myself out, had a little glassing pad, set it down. I tucked in this little pocket so that this bush was like blocking the wind for me. Had my binoculars. I'm looking around, feeling again super legit.
0: You got you got comfortable in your setup. Yep, I made. I was
1: back to the same posturing that I was when I was Mrs. Smith at the bait stand. I was like. I am up here. There, in like sheep type of country, right. looking for bears, and you know, got so this cool. nice area. This is gonna be. This is gonna be it. So I crack a snack, and I actually like tucked myself down into the train so my back was against the tundra. Oh yeah. Was just looking, watching. Had a nice view. I'm watching Brody. He's you know going over. He tucks over that next ridge, and I how was far, like, awesome. How far
0: off did Brody get?
1: Uh, far enough that I couldn't see him. Okay. So he, he crossed the next ridge and I, I honestly don't know how far he went after that. Okay. But I had told him, I said, if I hear you shoot, I'll get my keister up and I'll come, I'll, I'll work, I'll come it. help you. But if I don't hear you shoot, I'm just going to sit here until you come back. Right. And that was kind of the plan. And, and we both felt good about that. I yep. had my gun, you know, all the things. So I am laying there glassing and then all of a sudden, you know, a little ways behind me, I hear this. And I was like, ah, oh, like I thought I was in this perfect spot. Some dude from the trail probably let his dog off the leash and it's going to come and it's going to be messing with my system. Oh, it's it's going to scare like, the a, bears away.
0: Damn dog.
1: Yes. I was so annoyed, uh, but I didn't even bother to look. And uh, I just was like, ah, oh. and then a couple seconds go by. And then it's like this, like,
0: oh. little different pitch.
1: And I was like. I'm not sure if that's a dog.
0: That's a big dog.
1: Well, like what is that? And all that I did was I like like I said my back was against the tundra. I'm like laid tucked down. I did this like barely turn and turn my turn my head and there's a freaking brown bear 15 <laughs> yards away from where I'm laying
0: staring at you.
1: Staring at me. <laughs> and I was like uh, <laughs> oh no that's 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 a brown bear that's and not then bear. it like clicked in my head i started to get more composed and i was like we're bear hunting like like this is good this yes. is i want that and so i turned well what i didn't share is in this excruciating hike up in part of my like i just want to go forward is my as i get tired kind of my posturing gets kind of less good and true all that for all stuff. of us yep and my my gun kept kind of swinging back and forth and okay. it was driving me nuts so i i stopped on the hike up and like triple wrapped my things around buckled it on so that bad boy anchored. wasn't moving anywhere
0: you're not getting it quickly yep. either
1: and what i didn't think of rookie me is when i laid down and tucked into my nice glassing spot Maybe Get that out. i should probably unhook that
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely so
1: i like i said 15 yards This brown bear is like hoofing at me.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I roll back over and I see my gun like turbo strapped to my backpack. And I was like, I'm not getting that off.
0: (laughs) That's not an option right now. That is
1: not an option. And I even like moved my arm to like touch it. And the bear did this like stomp. Oh my gosh. (gasps) And I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I might die today. And then I was like, okay. Like mentally strong, you know, I'd done all these like practicing, you know, ever since I panicked at my first deer, you know, you talk through, okay, what are we going to do and how's it going to go? Everything goes out the
0: window in these types of situations. There
1: is a freaking brown bear staring at me, pounding its fist and huffing at me 15 yards yards away.
0: Oh my God. And I I know my gun is not
1: available. So I'm like, okay, I had bear spray on my chest. You know, where did that go? And I look and it's like rolled down and I'm like. I don't have bear spray. I don't have a gun. And this bear, like, what am I going to do? This is how I go. Yeah. And I just had, and I'm like, I took like a corner eye glance to like see like maybe Brody's coming back and he's going to shoot it. No, he's still over the ridge. He's Looking gone. for something else. And I'm like, okay, like either I'm going to lay here and it's just going to get me or I'm going to fight it. And that's literally what went through my mind. So your two options. Those are my only options because you're not just going to, like, it knows I'm here and I've already moved.
0: And it's unhappy.
1: Yes. So I did have within reach my trekking pole. Yep. And uh, just one. (laughs) (laughs) I had one trekking pole. And so I literally was like, okay, like, this is going to be my weapon of choice and Obviously, I'm going to be unsuccessful with my hunt, but my mission is like
0: to stay alive right now. To stay
1: alive. That's my entire goal right now. So I literally, like laying on my back, I was like, okay, like one, two. And before I even got to three, that bear was like, oh. Oh And I gosh. just, I literally stood up and chucked my trekking pole at it it hit it right in the nose you
0: just speared you <laughs> just <laughs> threw a spear at i
1: it. speared at it and i started yelling as loud as i could hey 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 and the bear like i think it just freaked out it didn't really know what i was but it took off running as fast as it could and so now i'm oh like stood God. up my heart is going like do, 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 do. it's like faster than it's ever been before and i'm like So now I'm replaying in my mind, like, it's going to come back. It's going to come and get me. Now it knows what I am. And so I unstrapped my pack. And it was, it felt like five hours. It was probably 20 minutes that I literally (laughs) stood on guard like a soldier at my little post.
0: You're like, do it again.
1: 360, like, if that thing comes, I'm going to get it this time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But I I had to hit it. And I got it with my trekking pole. And it ran off.
0: From your modest beginnings of deer hunting in Michigan to defending your life in Alaska <laughs> from a brown bear by javelin throwing your trekking pole in its face. These are, you've made some big moves here.
1: Yes. It, you know, a lot of people probably could have done it better. It primed I'm 15 yards away. You
0: worked as late as you uh, had. I
1: should have been ready. Uh, and I learned a lot from that day, just like the other days. Yeah. Uh, but we made it out alive, unscathed. Uh, you know,
0: our mutual friend... Giannis Patelis has smacked a brown bear with a trekking pole.
1: I actually have seen that in one of their meat eater episodes. Is that on film? It is. I got to find it. Unless if it happened twice.
0: No, I don't believe it did. Okay. There is a meat eater
1: episode. I'm not, I don't remember which series, but I have watched that. And that is actually, shockingly. Very similar. Giannis, I hope he hears this, but that's part of where my thought process came in of what can I use?
0: You're like, he did it.
1: Yeah, and, and I didn't specifically remember <laughs> that it was him, but I knew that I had seen this done, that I was like, okay. I'm
0: impressed of your uh, accuracy.
1: Oh, you it's, like it's 15 yards. You face. can't miss. It's a brown bear. <laughs> it's
0: pretty It's the size of a car.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was crazy. But so then after I kind of sit up there, Brody comes walking back over and,
0: and he's like, "You, why know, are you he has all, no clue, but he so literally tense? was
1: like, what are you doing? Like, you're like. You're supposed to wait till it comes. And I was like, oh, babe, it came. (laughs) And he was like, what? You saw a bear? Did you get it? Yeah, literally. That was the whole thing. And he was like, you saw one? And I was like, yeah. He's like, what was it? I was like, a brown bear? He's like, what happened? And I was like, well, I, threw him a I hit him with the it. a trekking point. <laughs> he's like, you what? <laughs> and I was like, let me tell you what happened. And then he felt guilty. I bet he was that like,
0: rattled him. He
1: was like, I'm so sorry. I should like have made sure that you were set up.
0: Dangerous situation. Uh, he
1: was like, I should have you know, double checked all of your stuff. And I said, this is not on you. Like, I've done this enough times. I should know. Have your rifle um, Have my rifle. Rifle ready and all yeah. of that stuff. And uh, so he felt bad. And, and he, like like we've kind of clued in this whole time, like he's been so gracious. And he was like, you know what? Let's not camp out tonight. Let's just hike back. You can sleep in your bed. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. And I was like, nope. Like, we're going to sleep in the tent because if I get afraid of the bears out here, I might not I'll, ever come back. I'll
0: lose, I'll lose that mental battle. Yeah.
1: So, all night long, I was like, every little wind, I was like, it's did a huff. You, did you it's that? back. Uh, if you've
0: never had a bear huff at you, I've had a bear, just a couple of times, had bears huff at me. It's and, wild. And snap their jaws and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's a scary, because not only uh, does it tell you that a bear is really close to you, it tells you that the bear is pissed off. Oh, yeah. So it's a pretty unsettling yes. noise. Yes, and when Ooh.
1: my only other, other than you know, in enclosures, my only other close-up exposure to a brown bear was at that bait stand yeah, where I watched house. it just flinging barrels You've and all the things thing. that I was like, if this thing gets a hold of me, I'm, I, I might not have anything left.
0: I remember what <laughs> it is that barrel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was just one of those spaces, but so crazy, incredible. So I did have a short window of time. Where after that I was like par- paranoid while we were hiking. Yeah. Um. Never, never stopped me from going out. Never stopped me from my passion for hunting, my interest in the outdoors. Um. But I had these like phantom, where I I You're thought like I was hearing huffing bears all the time. Yeah. Uh. And we actually had one time. Uh. It was shortly after that. Uh, A whale. This occasionally happens in Alaska. A whale had gotten beached, washed up onto shore, uh, and we wanted to go see it. You know, who gets to see a beached whale so often? Yeah. And we were looking at the whale, and at the whale. Mentally, I knew like the bears come out and feed on this, Mm -hmm. and I literally had a panic moment. And I convinced every single person at that whale that I can hear a bear huffing and it's coming. And we all like left. And then I got back to the car and I told me I was like, I don't don't think think there was a bear.
0: I just made that
1: up yes I was like I think I just was afraid that maybe it was coming um oh so gosh. I did kind of go through some of those phases um so
0: uh what as your as your uh, Alaskan hunting kind of progressed uh what else did you get into up here
1: yeah so we uh I have now done a mountain goat hunt on Kodiak Island yep. uh very similar dynamic of the physical uh um, commitment that it required that's my favorite thing about that hunt
0: work working forward.
1: um yeah you had to work hard you don't get to you know stand on the beach and shoot it up you're climbing it's shaley um i learned the hard way uh climbing through the alders is actually a lot easier than the shale oh. um so i was like yeah, the
0: shale's one step forward three steps back yes it's fun to go down i call it scree skiing yes i just like mob down like i'm skiing yeah kind of like flow with it but uh, going up it is very difficult.
1: Yes. Uh, but it, so you literally, like, we picked out the thickest areas so that you always had something to grab onto. And you're, yeah. you're army crawling, hands and knees, through these these pokey alders. You oh, get yeah, rips in your gear, scrapes on your skin. Um, and it sounds miserable, but it's so exhilarating. And it's so uh,
0: rewarding yes. and adventurous. Yes,
1: um, and the mental tax of you can put in all that work and get to the very top and you might not see anything Right. or you might see it. And the animals aren't just sitting around waiting for you. Um, they see you and they move along uh, on that goat hunt in particular. It took me, I think three or four days of, of physical ex- like high intensity, hiking, climbing, you know, all of that stuff before I got into a range that I was comfortable with. Um, it was like, I'd see one and that's what I want to go after. And we'd get 500 yards. Um, and that's just outside of what I'm comfortable yeah, that's with. That's too far. Um, my preference is 200 yards or less. Love it. Um, I have hit the target at I'm the range too. at 300, <laughs> but my preference is like, I'm confident yeah, at absolutely. 200 yards or Closer less.
0: Closer the better, right? Yes. Unless uh, it's a brown bear. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Sometimes 15 yards, space. you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, so uh, you were bow hunting. Nope. <laughs> nope. I was uh, having a snack. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so got to just experience different dynamics like that. So I've now done mountain goat hunting. Uh, we've done more bear hunting. Blacktail. Uh, yep, blacktail. We actually have not yet done, but in October, here in a few weeks, we'll be heading back to Kodiak. Okay. To do a blacktail hunt, which awesome. is really exciting. You're gonna love it. Oh, I know it.
0: They're I really, really love Sitka blacktail tail deer. Uh, they're go- I think they're gorgeous. Yes. They are also. The top, they're in my top three of wild game meat.
1: Ooh, they that gets me delicious. excited. What's your favorite, like, preparation?
0: Uh, you know, I just like eating, like, a, a rare backstrap. Okay. You know? I I'm love just it. Just enjoying the and the flavor's good, the tenderness is good. And even, like, the bucks, I feel like I've I've killed an eight or, like, rutted up bucks yeah. and stuff. They're still good. I love it. Yeah. We have
1: heard that from other people. Um, but so we'll be doing that. We've done a lot of small game stuff. Um, yeah. We love doing Rabbit hairs. Months, yeah. yep. uh, snowshoe hairs are delicious yeah. and super fun for uh, gaining confidence in uh, like shooting positions and a lot of that stuff. That's one of the tools that Brody used for me.
0: So uh, what are you hair hunt with like a 22?
1: Yeah. So um, I use a 22. And again, Brody genius in, in getting me in. Another recommendation I would give for men um. Working with a female, or even just a child, like a son, daughter, who's getting used to like the bolt action, sure. um, dynamic of things. He bought me a bolt action single shot twenty two, cool, so that when you shoot, it's like you practice that re rack right away, yeah, um, but you can a twenty two ammo is a lot more affordable
0: and available, um, and
1: available, yeah. and b. It's just fun to go out. So, we've done grouse and ptarmigan and fun. snowshoe hares. Uh, in Michigan, uh, we love to do like fox squirrel hunting when yeah. we go back. Uh, we go back they're each big. year at Thanksgiving. They're huge Those and they're fox fun. Man. I actually, in, in light of your taxidermy love, I have mounted a fox squirrel in our home. Get
0: out of um, here. And
1: it's one of my favorites.
0: Just in honor of Michigan? Just
1: in honor of it. And it actually came on the back end of a, I went with my husband on one of his Montana trips for deer uh-huh. Uh huh. and I was unsuccessful. Uh, and I just was so bummed about that. So then when we followed that with a trip to Michigan and I was like, okay, you can mount your buddy shot like a nice, you know, mule deer buck and all the things. And he was, you know, getting that done. And I was like, you get that? I'm going to mount a squirrel. Yeah. And <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> so in it, this. Was, it was kind of like a ridiculous thing, but it's now one of my ultimate favorite things on the yeah, wall.
0: I, you know, i got weird stuff in my house too. <laughs> I'd love to have a fox squirrel. Do you have the, you've seen those black squirrels in Michigan?
1: Oh yeah, we shoot those too.
0: Yeah, I'd really like to get one of those.
1: Yeah, made. and those taste really good.
0: They taste different?
1: Uh, I don't taste the difference between the different squirrels, but uh, like a squirrel pot pie, oh, you can't beat it.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to talk about our lion hunt together, but just while we're talking about eating stuff, you have to you have to retell the story. You just went on a caribou hunt, right?
1: Yes, we did. Which is also one of the things that we have hunted here in Alaska. Yeah.
0: And tell me about what your what your friend got into and what you guys ate.
1: Yeah. So we just recently went on a uh, caribou hunt. This was just a kind of spur of the moment, more of a meat hunt. Um, it's off the road system. You know, you are yep. hiking a little ways, uh, and uh, long story short, uh, caribou. If you're not familiar with them, are a very migratory animal.
0: You either in so, them or not.
1: Yes, they're there or they're not, and if they're not, uh, there's not a lot of sense in yeah, like you better looking find for. find something em. else to do. Uh, yes, so we unfortunately found ourselves in a in a space where they were not there. Uh, we saw a couple cows and calves kind of run through. Uh, But this year, it was a bull only.
0: That's what I heard, yeah.
1: Uh, So, uh, we we didn't see any bulls, just saw, you know, a couple cows and calves, all that stuff. But we had gone out with a couple of friends of ours, and uh, we were kind of spread out across a wide area, glassing as much as we could, and uh, all of a sudden, we heard a gunshot. Mm. Uh, So, we kind of stood up, and, you know whatever and and our buddies running across the side hill so Bertie and i were like well you know we're not seeing anything so let's pack over there we'll help him
0: you know process it out
1: all the things so we knew that he didn't have his game bags and those things with him so we carried our stuff walk over there and he comes up and he's like you guys what is the only thing better than a caribou and we're right away thinking oh my gosh like please tell me you didn't shoot a cow that we have to try to make look like a ball. Please don't tell me like, (laughs) like like, we're thinking like this is going to be something bad happened. happened. This is a terrible, you know, situation, you know? And he's like, no, no, even better. And we're like, I don't know. Like we're like "A, a massive, like, was it huge? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, even better. And we were like, we don't know. And he's like, a wolf. And we were like, a wolf. And he's like, you guys, I just shot a wolf. Wow. And we were like, no way. But lo and behold, he did. Wow. Um, so he uh the wolf had kind of come out. He did a little just stalk on it. Wolf? One singular wolf. Yep. Uh so long story short, we get down to it, take some nice photos. Uh, pretty young wolf. Nothing huge, but still such a such a unique oh experience my to have.
0: I've never gotten one.
1: Yes, and a unique experience, even just to see one out Absolutely. in its uh space. And so, uh, afterwards, you know, we're keeping it out. He's dreaming of the taxidermy that he's gonna have done. And uh, Brody was like, okay, you know, uh, we 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 gotta eat this.
0: Yeah, this is where I would have put my foot down.
1: And uh, Nathan, he, this is our friend. He was like, yeah, I'm out. Like. Y'all can do whatever you want. He said, but I had wolf jerky once and it was the worst thing I've ever eaten.
0: I I have never even heard of somebody eating a <laughs> wolf. You know, I, a couple of my buddies tried to eat a coyote once. I actually saw a coyote yesterday.
1: That's awesome. In, we have also hunted those here in Alaska successfully. There's a lot of them. I
0: Honestly, I've been coming up to Alaska for over a decade and didn't know until recently that they were even here. Yeah. Because I've never seen one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going down the Turnigan Arm—that's awesome. Outside of Girdwood, there's a coyote.
1: Yeah, you can see him frequently in the Hope area.
0: Anyways, a lot of reasons why I don't want to eat a dog. Uh, one is they're the coyotes and wolves. They're they're really gross. They are. Sm- they often smell really bad because they've been <laughs> on kills. Yeah. They can have fleas and parasites. They certainly could have trigonosis. Yep. Um, and nobody <laughs> thinks about eating these things. Nobody. Except you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I can tell you there are also other people who have. Because when we started Googling the best ways to cook it, wow. Um, other people have tried it. However, the most common thing that we found online was... Um, cook it, and put it in the trash. Um, <laughs> so other people have tried you're gonna,
0: it. You're going to want to braise it for three hours, yep. finish it on the <laughs> grill, and then toss it in the trash.
1: Yes, that's exactly what we found on lots of different people And just to sites. be clear,
0: there's no meat salvage required. Nope, wolves. not at all. This is very much, you can just harvest wolves and take the hide and skull.
1: Yep, and with or without eating the meat, there's a lot of benefits, especially with the caribou herd being at risk.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and we could go super into that, but obviously being a guide for – um. For predators, you're yeah. very familiar with all of those things. Uh, but so we we decided, uh, we kind of negotiated as a group. We were like, okay, you know, the backstrap is the prime meat of every animal. Oh, my God. So if the backstrap's not good, the rest is going to be bad. But we're going to at least give this a shot. So we took the back st- just one. We didn't take the whole thing. We were like, okay, okay. you know, we're not going to waste a ton of it. Yeah. Uh, so we took the backstrap from the wolf and we pressure cooked it
0: pressure cooked it.
1: we did we put it in the pressure cooker and that like all an that you put yeah like a like an instant pot kind okay. of um you put it into like a little mason jar
0: huh.
1: and uh, you don't add any water or anything like that all that you put in the bottom is a little bit of garlic and a little bit of onion with just the meat that's it okay like chunk it up seal it put it on and then you pressure cook it okay uh, I would have to look back up what the actual amount of time is. It's just heat um, and
0: pressure and time. Yep.
1: And all that the pressure cooker does is it ensures that it's fully cooked. Okay. Um, same process that you use if you're making jam or a lot of people do this with like smoked salmon that they want to leave on the shelf. Yep. So we pressure cooked it, garlic and onion. That's all that it had. Pulled it out. Let it cool. Took a piece of it. It was the most tender and delicious meat I have maybe ever had.
0: I, f- I feel like this is just a testament to like your culinary skills and not the wolf meat, because I feel like I could go find a, a three-day-old roadkill raccoon, and you could have done this and maybe it would have tasted good.
1: It's possible. I, I think three-day-old raccoon is a little past my limits. Yeah. Um, but as it as would as depend on the temperature. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. we'd give it a try. Uh, but it it was phenomenal. We did also take a very small portion of it and just put it on the Traeger grill. Big fan of the Traeger. Yeah, shout uh, out to Traeger. And it has to be well done, as you mentioned before. Trigonosis is a possibility. Um, so anything that's another meat-eating animal, Needs to be cooked well done just to get any of that out of the meat. Yeah. So we did just a – we have a seasoning that we like to utilize. Very versatile. It's called the Suzy Q. Okay. Um, We put a little bit of Suzy Q seasoning on there, cooked it on the trigger. Well done. Put it off. That was a little bit more tough. In the consistency, but the flavor was good. Really. Um, but it did not compete with the pressure cooked wolf. So if we got another wolf, Gosh. um, we would totally pressure cook it. This is also a great technique with brown bear, black bear. Yep. Um, all of that. Stuff. Other we things did,
0: that you need to cook to high temps.
1: Yep. Uh, we lion. did not do this with the mountain lion. The mountain lion, we did all, um, like uh, we did some Vietnamese sausage. We did some breakfast sausage. Yeah, I want to hear
0: about that. But um, let's start at the beginning of our lion adventure yes um so when we first when I first made acquaintance with Brody last winter like I said he reached out to me and said hey do you have any openings for your lion hunts this winter uh my wife and I would like to come and she would like to hopefully hunt and harvest a lion and I was like that's so cool you guys seem like this super cool young adventurous couple and the more I learned about you guys the more I just fell in love with you and uh, so you show up to Montana, yeah, and
1: Belgrade, Montana. Yeah, <laughs> shout
0: out to B Town. <laughs> um, I missed it, man. I haven't been to Belgrade in a while. I had to have my my neighbor go over and mow my lawn the other day. Oh. Um. Anyways, you came and stayed with me in my home in Montana, and we spent a week lion hunting. Yes. we end up getting a cat on like the third day or something.
1: Yeah, I think it was the third or fourth day.
0: So so back up and tell me your What spawned your initial interest in a cougar hunt and how did you find me and what, what did all that look like?
1: Yeah. So once I kind of delved more into the hunting world, a lot of I just was interested in the education piece of it, interested in learning what other people do, the vast dynamic of techniques. Um, there's like things we've already mentioned, like there's tree stand hunting, there's bait stand hunting, there's spot and stock hunting. Like there's so many things. And this has provided for people since the world started. The dawn
0: of time. Yes. This where it's is, just, yeah.
1: I love learning about these things. And then I love learning anything from people who are already really good at it. Sure. So... Uh, my husband and I spend a lot of time watching hunting shows, listening to podcasts. Um, I actually did find you on social media through just the rabbit hole yeah. of of the hunting community, the hunting pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, and started following different things. But one of the things that just captivated my interest was the method of hunting with dogs. Yeah. Uh, And just like, you know, cheesy stuff. Our mascot at our college was the cougars. Oh, no kidding. Um, And so, you know, just different things like that. So then you learn about the different animals. Uh, And then, you know, as I start so ignorant and i'm still ignorant in a lot of ways but it's like
0: i don't think i didn't right know
1: word. i didn't know that like a cougar and a mountain lion and all these things are the same animal
0: okay maybe there was ignorance.
1: Um, <laughs> a lot I, I had no clue and so i'd see a picture i'm like i thought there was a this and brody be like it is i thought but it says this and he's like it is yeah. and i'm like oh so just started learning more following people who were successful at it watching tv shows yeah. listening to stories and i just told brody Casually one day, you know, as we kind of expand in our hunting horizons, this is on my bucket list. Yeah. I want to see the dogs at work. I want to experience this other, like, strategy and the the dynamic of, like, it's it's not impossible, but it's almost unheard of to hunt this specific animal without a dog.
0: That's right. Which yeah. makes
1: you respect that animal even more. It's like, so why immersive. are you so good Yeah. that... That no other method has been effective in in capturing you. Like, why can't we find you? Why can't we trap you in a tree? Why can't we lure you in? Why? So
0: mysterious. Yes. So elusive.
1: Yes. That it was like so some I of just, that
0: interested you. I, that really interested yeah.
1: in me, and then just learning the process of the relationship with the dogs and how do you know what they're doing? And so then as I watch shows, like you would hear people commentate of, you know, their dogs could be miles away and they're like, Oh, they just got on something. And it's like, how do you know? Oh, the pitch changed or this. And it, it just was captivating to me. So, uh, through kind of some of that stuff, it was just a bucket list thing of mine. I have lots of things on my bucket list that will probably never happen.
0: Well, uh, never say never.
1: Yeah, but it just kind of came about, and so then from watching, I you know kept showing Brody. I was like, this these people keep doing all this cool stuff through Instagram is how he found you, and he actually sent me a screenshot of one of your stories one day huh. that was like, have some lion openings for you know X amount of dollars You're if anyone's interested. And he sent it to me, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, for real? Like, this would be so cool. Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of how it all got started. Um,
0: yeah. So you guys rolled into Montana. Um, and the way lion hunts kind of go is we we check our – we operate on a quota system. So we have to make sure our quota is open in the areas we're hunting every morning. And then we go out early. And on foot and truck and snowmobile, we go out and we look for lion tracks. Yep. And you'll probably have to jog my memory on some of the details. My lion season all blurs together at some point. Um, but it was pretty wintry and cold and snowy when you were there, which is good conditions. Yep. And we spent a lot of time on the snowmobiles. Yep. And Did we not cut a track until your line?
1: That is correct. Yeah. Um, we had seen some potential old tracks. Okay. Uh, And we had had... Um kind of as Pete was saying like we we rode snowmobiles, we did some of those things, but one of the days that we had hiked in uh you had yes. let the dogs off they and did they did on um a circus. begin uh drawing attention.
0: Yeah, so I remember that. We went on a hike and halfway up this ridge, the dogs tore off on an older track. Yep. But, but they opened up and they hunted that track for a couple I mean a couple hours before it just it just fizzled out. It didn't happen. Yeah, if it you've didn't ever been happen. lion hunting, that's a very very real part of it. You don't catch a cat every time. Yep. I say it's like a a twenty five percent deal. I say hey, half the time I go out I find a good track. Half the time I find an old track or no track. And then of the half the time that I have a good track, it's still 25 to 30 percent success catch so i say it's one in four days I've, I'm, I'm hoping to successfully treat yeah. a cat
1: and that's part of what i loved about not being successful right away yeah uh we got to see the dogs and and in that evening there was one point that uh, we were just hiking, and Pete was like, "All right, put on your orange. Like we're hunting now." Yeah. Uh, and and it was like, "Oh, like okay," but then it's like, "We're, oh. we're going in
0: lethal pursuit now. Let's act like we're hunting." Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, and so some of those different spaces, but just watching the dogs, seeing their nose down in the snow,
0: just burying their face in a foot of powder. Their
1: excitement level. It was like uh, everything that people feel disappointed about in dog hunters, I am positive they would change their mind if they just got to see it one time.
0: Yeah, it's so apparent. It's apparent really quickly that these dogs live to do this. Oh,
1: they're made for this.
0: I think it would be a crime to not let them do that.
1: Yes, it, it was so fun. Even when you know it didn't end up with a lion or we're like listen they could be chasing a deer they could be you know yeah, who knows ho- hope
0: they're not but <laughs> yeah things things might not be going as planned uh, we, we didn't catch the cat that day
1: we did not
0: and so uh went home had some dinner and all my dogs live inside with us as yep. you know so fun so you know at the end of a long day of hunting it's we're all sitting around tired having dinner, and so are the dogs on the couch. Yep. And
1: but it's amazing because they're, like, hunting, you know, by day and then at night. It's like you wouldn't tell the difference between them and any other lap dog.
0: Yeah, they're they're uh, they're great just family members and pets. Yep. I think hounds are some of the sweetest dogs yep. I've ever met. But they do switch a gear. Some switch it harder th- than others um, where they really turn it on, and you see that primal – instinct. People ask often like, how do you you know, was how do you train a dog to hunt lions? And my quick answer is you don't. They they're pre-programmed. They want to do this. Yeah. So the training aspect of it is really encouraging good behaviors and disciplining bad behaviors. So what I mean by that is we celebrate a cat track. We encourage the scent of a cat. We do not get interested in deer. So just in to boil it down to real simple dog training techniques, it's encouraging good behavior, disciplining bad behavior, and letting them do what they have are bred and pre-programmed to do. So cool. Yeah. And, like, you can't teach a dog to stay at a tree. You're not there. Yep. So, like, that is ingrained in them long before they were born you know Yep. they come they come with that that uh program already downloaded but the morning that we f- the day we got your lion um I think it was really windy that night pretty windy and we had split up I sent you and Brody on a snowmobile up one ridge yep. I, I went down another drainage and I remember finding the track and it looked super old if you hadn't had been there the day before and known that that track wasn't there 24 hours prior, you'd have looked at it and said, eh, it's a lion track, but man, it looks like it's four days old. It's yeah. super snowed in, but it was just due to the conditions that the night prior. Yep. So it was it was kind of cool to look at it and was like, that looks like a really old lion track, but I know it's not because I was here yesterday. So we all teamed up. Went and got the dogs, put the dogs on it, and they caught it pretty quick.
1: It was so fast and so cool because, like, so Pete's got this little GPS device that tells him where his dogs are. There you go, the Garmin Alpha. And he's watching them, and, and you did such a phenomenal job at each time that the dogs went out that you were like, okay, you know. Don't get too excited. This might not be a thing. We're yeah, not going to gonna get there every time. Uh, so I was, you know, excited again, just at the the privilege to hear the dog, see him work.
0: When they open um, up, you're like, we're doing but it. But he's he's he's
1: watching his, his GPS like a hawk, like a hawk. And then all of a sudden, Pete gets real excited. And we were like, okay, like, something's happening. Got it. And he explains to me, like, they just did a hook turn. Yep. And I was like, what's a hook turn? You know, me full of questions all the time. Uh, and explained that likely, no way to know for sure, but that they were following a track. The cat realized it was being followed, tried to make a move, and they then hook turned yep. to follow try to, try the cat. Try to
0: shake their tail. Try to shake the dogs off them. Yeah. yeah. So mountain lions are not uh, marathon runners. Hound dogs are. Um, they are great sprinters, though. But the endurance, the hound dog has much more endurance. They've got bigger lungs and way more endurance. And... uh So in a successful cat race, the dogs will be following it. The dogs will be following it. Often the pace picks up where you see the dogs hunting faster. And you're like, man, they're really, they're working it. They're they're steamrolling this. And then all of a sudden there will be a very sharp, hard right or left turn. We call that a jump race. Okay. And that's what I was explaining to you that day. And I showed it to you. And on the screen, it's this this big fish hook shaped turn of the dog's path. And at the end of the fish hook, tree, 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 tree. Yes. They all stop.
1: Yep. And, and then like, all of a sudden it's it. like, oh my gosh, they're treed. And so, you know, he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm looking back at Brody. You're and, like, Wait, what? Uh, this is happening? Yeah. Pete's fiance, Krista, which she needs shout out too. She's also amazing. Like, I feel like I won the lottery. Yes, You she won is. your own lottery. Oh, I um, couldn't she, agree with you anymore. so glad that she was with us for a lot of this as well. Um, and we're all looking at each other and we're like, this might be a thing. This might um, be a thing. But the other dynamic is, you know, you're you're far enough away from the dogs that you're like, we don't know what's in the tree. Right. Um, like, we know it's a cat.
0: We knew, and uh. it, the track was so blown in. You know, it looked like a nice tom track, but it's so blown in that there's still no certainty to it. You know, I could judging off the size and the, the length of the gate and stuff, I assumed it was a nice tom. But you still don't know. Yeah. And sometimes... Cats cross each other's passes, paths, so maybe you turn loose on a tom and you end up catching a female, or you turn loose on a female and you end up catching a kitten or, or a tom, you know, so you just yeah. don't know until you get there.
1: Yep, and my expectation, or not my expectation, my hope, which I had shared with Pete from the very beginning, I said, I am not, I don't care what what it is as long as it's legal. Yep. Um, I, I didn't need something huge, I didn't need something mature, I just wanted the experience uh, and even without the success of the animal, I felt like I got that even up to that point.
0: Yeah, it was adventurous. Um, the, so
1: so cool. Yeah, great learning experience. Seeing the the view up there in Montana and the areas yeah, that we really were gorgeous. riding just was. Uh, I said a couple of different times. I said they could charge money just for the ride, just for the
0: snowmobile um, ride. Yeah, I was like,
1: this is <laughs> yeah. this is amazing. Uh, but so then Pete starts prepping me like, okay, here's kind of how it's going to work and we're going to go in and I want you to get comfortable and to get settled in. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll kind of go over some of that. So when we, I know we're coming in on a tree, um, there's a couple different things, protocol that I like to follow. One is I like, I like to come in quietly. You don't come in hooting and hollering and taking pictures right away. Uh, cause you want the cat to stay in the tree. And so you don't want to have just the constant jumping out of the tree and a jump and a jump and a jump. So if you come in quietly, it seems like that's less likely to happen. Um, If you come in from below them, it seems less likely to happen. If you come in from the high ground above the tree, which we actually did end up doing because it was the only approach. But if possible, I like to come in at their elevation or below them. I think they feel safer if they're up above you. Less likely to jump again. Yep. And then my biggest rule is we're not shooting this thing until all my dogs are tied up. Yep. Because a wounded cat on the ground and an unleashed hound dog is a bad combination. So, gave you those short rules. And then I also, I think I just encourage you to, once we're in there and nestled in, take your time. Yep. Like, there's no, there's if he's not going to jump, take your time. I want you to be double comfortable. Yes. And that's where... That's where I stopped doing my job, and Brody stepped in with you, and the two of you just worked. It's very apparent that you guys work well together, and he helped you get set up, and I got all my dogs tied up, and uh, I think I was probably being annoying. I was like, you know, you feeling? It, it, it's it funny. Was,
1: it was not annoying though. I think what was so cool in that moment is uh, you had prepped me so well mm-hmm. of like. Being like, okay, like there's going to be a big, like a cat looking at you in oh, a yeah. tree. Uh, but like, take your time.
0: Yeah. In, in uh, some way, in a lot of ways, it's the easiest shot in the world. And on another way, it's it seems to be the most difficult shot for people. I think it rattles people that there is this large predator at such close range. You'd think it'd be impossible to mess that shot up, but people do. Yeah. And I understand it. Uh, I, I see it a lot with bear hunting too. You know, people might have a whole lifetime of killing deer and elk and are just total predators. But as soon as you put a bear in their crosshairs, like something rattles them on a different level. And I think people are most likely to, of all the game species, to miss a bear or put a bad shot on a bear more than anything else. And I think it's just the human psyche saying... That's not a deer. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's but the same I, with the lion.
1: Totally. But I actually had a little bit of the reverse effect than what I have with, like, a deer or a, a caribou or something like that. Because the deer and the caribou, they're moving all the time. Yeah. Uh, the lion, it was astounding. I got to, you know, I kind of got set up. Pete and Bodie both helped me. Uh, like, put my back to something. I, I had love, some this, shooting sticks. I got
0: great photos and videos of all this. Uh, yeah. I love you're getting set up, and Sphinx is my lead walker. Yeah. Is like, standing on top of you, like, <laughs> just going to town. It was, I finally had to pull I was like, okay, good, good <laughs> job, buddy. You got to get tied up over here. It
1: was great, though. But, like, getting set up and comfortable. Um, But it was amazing just to look at the cat and be like, it's not – it was just chilling. It was more annoyed than, Absolutely. than anything.
0: And to, um, to clarify, it was a very big Tom.
1: Oh, yes. Like, big Tom. Big Tom. Bigger than anything that I had, had hoped to have the opportunity to even see.
0: And Toms uh, kind of usually, the norm of a big Tom is... It's just that they're annoyed. They're, they know they're kind of king of the mountain. Yeah. And they're like, they looked this at is me annoying. Like, He's like, who is this girl? Well,
1: yeah. What's this chick thing she's doing? Yeah. Uh, but we were able to kind of get to that space and I got set up and it was that first moment of you see it in the crosshairs mm-hmm. and that it's like, this might happen. Yeah. Uh, and I had this brief moment of like re kind of telling myself everything that you had and i was like okay my my entire job is to
0: kill that cat to
1: kill that cat
0: cat needs to be um extra and
1: largely dead. like in that moment it's like yeah like i care about brody and you and myself and krista and all that stuff but it, for whatever reason through that whole adventure it was like at that moment it was like the dogs it is cause that cause were they're the at, ones that have to go yes following. that i was like yeah. You had, and nowhere near to the level that you have established, but even just over those three, four days, it's like you build this, this bond, this respect of
0: like- Like we're doing this together. Like
1: I, I cannot imagine putting you in that situation because of my error. Sure. So I had this like brief moment of, I want to double check. So actually something that you, you suggested, which was so helpful. We took a picture- and then we zoomed in on it, right and he here. was like, "Right there is where you're gonna go." And it actually was—I—I I don't know how big of a difference it would have been, but it was like a very slight, maybe like an inch, um, off from where I was. Okay. Um, and it was like, "Okay, I just had that subtle move," and Pete and Brody were like, "You can do some dry fires," you know. And I was like, "Nope, like yeah, I'm you ready. were ready.
0: You were you were stone cold killer. Um, you were ready to roll." And
1: I just—I—I I think the words that came out of my mouth was like, "I'm on him." Nice. Uh, And and it was like I just I felt confident. I felt and like my heart was pounding absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was what
0: rifle did you bring? I I
1: bring a seven mm 8 Okay, plenty
0: of gun. I love I love using big rifles on lions. Oh yeah. I say again, dead dead cat's a good cat. Wounded cat is a big problem.
1: Yeah, and it's it's one of my favorites. It's a Weatherby, um, and it's part of their Camilla brand. Yeah, that's so it's designed, specifically cut for a woman. So it's
0: like a shorter stock. or yeah. something. Yeah, um,
1: and it's it it has for me been a great fitting, comfortable. I had shot other animals with it. Mm. Um, spent a lot of time at the range, you know, just getting comfortable. Yeah, I
0: think Weatherby's done a really good job developing that.
1: that yes. Uh,
0: that option for female hunters yeah
1: it's been it's been phenomenal so just kind of like got to that space and it was like I made that slight thing and you were like okay whenever you're ready feed him and we pulled the trigger and uh the cat you know it hit it fell right out the tree and I I think it's like that blackout thing that you experience what I I saw in my mind that it running away and I and I remember shouting Pete it's up and he was like it's down. It's, it's down. It's like, definitely like dead. It's, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So yeah. then we kind of put everything to the side. That
0: was one of my favorite moments last winter. Just you seeing you walk up to your lion and just the look on your face of just like you were impressed by this thing. You respected this thing. You couldn't believe this was happening. Aww. I think you were just so, so appreciative of that animal and of the whole experience. And, uh, yeah, you you came lion hunting for all the right reasons, and it worked out so well, and I couldn't have been happier about it. It was a tremendous cat. Uh, we never got it on a scale. I
1: think we did, actually. Oh, we did. And it was 135.
0: 135.
1: Yep, in the garage. It was frozen and yeah. rolled up. Uh, About 135.
0: 135. Nice cat. And it's just a, a long cat, big yeah. head. Thick,
1: fat tail.
0: Yeah, big, big, long, thick tail on them. Yeah. Nice, long tail. Which, uh, believe it or not, not every cat, every lion has the same tail. Some of them have longer tails. Some of them get their tails bobbed fighting or oh, something. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you weren't planning on mounting a mountain lion, but I talked you into it pretty quick.
1: <laughs> it's true. And I'm not a tough seller of, <laughs> of taxidermy, but we had, Brody and I had uh kind of come on this hunt again hoping for just any mountain lion and just the opportunity to to see a new style yeah of hunting and we had said you know if we're successful at anything uh cuz we also came knowing it's very possible we won't get anything sure um that we would make like one of those rugs where you know kind Pop, of like the popular. head is head is soft mouth closed yeah. arms out put on the wall somewhere and it was kind of exactly like you said that moment i walked up to it just that sheer just awe yeah of the beauty of it the size of it uh wanting to know the story of it and and everything that had kind of unraveled to get there that it it started to be like okay like maybe this is the one for Mm -hmm. the wall and right away buddy's like oh my gosh (laughs) and (laughs) So, Here we
0: go. So
1: I was like, it's okay, like we'll just do the rug. But it was actually that night that I was like laying in bed and Brady was like, You're mad, aren't you? I was like, I'm not mad. I said I just I never dreamed of of shooting a mountain lion this beautiful.
0: This this nice one, um, yeah. And they're
1: all beautiful. Uh, but it was like I, I just, I never imagined. Uh, and he was like, well, he's like, if if this is the one you want, he said, then we'll full mount it. He said, but you're gonna be on European probation for a while. That's right. This.
0: yeah skulls, <laughs> skulls only for a so minute.
1: So I, I said, are you sure? Like, and and he was like, he was like, yeah. He was like, this was a really unique experience and a really beautiful lion. Yeah, I'm really so glad we went down it. to. Jerry uh, Anders. Yep, Jerry down in uh in Montana, a recommendation from Pete yeah, and went in man. there and I said, well, I'm just going to at least ask him some questions and and see what his recommendations are. And I walked in there and he had a couple of other lions that he had been working, on, working on that him. just were Beautiful, like, and well, it was like the so conversation's over. <laughs> and
0: if you don't, if you don't know about lion taxidermy or cat taxidermy in general, it's a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, if if somebody's going to be bad at a particular type of taxidermy, it would often be cats. They're difficult. The face is difficult to get realistic. That I think uh, they're easy to make look bug-eyed.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not a big fan of the screaming, roaring cats. No. Uh,
1: That's not what it's a, like.
0: A natural a natural just calm predatory like this look stealthy. on them Yeah just like a dangerous look in its eyes Yeah and Jerry does phenomenal cats Yep which is something to hang your hat on so I was like you know if there was a cat to mount it's it's this one and if there's a guy to do it, it's this guy.
1: Yeah. So we were so thrilled that you recommended him. And, yeah. he uh, has not yet come back, but probably in the next few months or so.
0: Yeah, it usually takes uh, about a year. We'll
1: right? be uh, seeing it roll through and then...
0: What's cool is uh, there's no lions in Alaska. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, an exotic thing to yes. have in your home in Alaska.
1: Yes. Uh, and really exotic thing to have in your home anywhere, even places that there are... Uh, I don't have one. Uh, ...lions. And, and I think a lot of it is... Is the talent that it takes to hunt them successfully. Yeah. Um, the commitment of building that relationship with the dogs. The time commitment. You know more than anyone of you got to run them. You got to get them out there. Even on days that you're not guiding, you've got to put them on tracks.
0: It's a um, full lifestyle.
1: Yes. And, yeah. and, and there's not a lot of people uh, that are really good at it. Yeah. So, and
0: I, I'm not one of them. Well, well from
1: my experience, I have <laughs> I have highly recommended you to everyone. I appreciate um, it. That has seen our pictures, tried our meat with us. We had...
0: Yeah, so tell me about that. We did. We butchered the whole line. Oh, lion. my
1: word. Pete, if 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 a restaurant was able to sell cougar meat, they would have a weight...
0: A delicacy.
1: All make. the time, every day.
0: So what are some of the things you made?
1: Oh, well, just the back straps alone were like unbelievable
0: and you just kind of cooked them like a pork chop
1: cooked them just like a pork chop on the Traeger. they don't even need barbecue or anything and i'm a big barbecue girl and
0: so if you don't know about lion meat it's very commonly and quickly uh associated with or compared to pork yep and what i mean by that is it's kind of a pink uh white meat white white meat looks like a pork chop very mild flavor yep It's almost like the tofu of game meat.
1: Totally, but really tender, really nice texture.
0: But it's a predator, which means it likely is carrying trigonosis yes so you have to cook it to what 170
1: yep um well done well so and some of
0: which is not my preferred way to cook meat
1: oh mine either and often when you think of well done you think of it being a lot tougher of course um but that's where kind of that method the marinade all of that stuff comes into play yeah um that's also why aside from the back straps we put a lot of our stuff into grind. Okay. Um, so we ground it up and made sausages. So we did a few different sausages. We did a no Vietnamese kidding. sausage, which is unbelievable in a stir fry.
0: Sounds awesome. You guys make this yourself?
1: We do. We do all of our own processing in our garage. It is not fancy, uh, That's but great. it works.
0: That's great.
1: Uh, And our recipe that we used this round for the mountain lion actually came from the meat eater recipe book. Oh, Really? Uh, so they have, anybody who has that, or you can Google it online. Shout uh, they out have to a,
0: Meat Eater and their recipes.
1: Yeah. Uh, they have a Vietnamese uh, sausage That's recipe. great. And so we uh, made, I think, five or ten pounds of that out of the mountain lion. And it's unbelievable in a stir fry. So... Uh, Throw in a pan, you know, some broccoli, some carrots, some green beans. We like to just get, like, the frozen vegetables right from Costco.
0: Yeah, easy. Uh, Nothing
1: fancy, super cheap. Uh, Throw it in the pan, put that sausage in with it. Uh, We've done, like, some different sauces and those kind of things, but it doesn't even need sauce. It's just amazing. That's great. Uh, And we've had a couple of friends who... Uh, Just going on camping trips or uh, at a Super Bowl party, we cooked up some mountain lion, didn't tell people what you it did.
0: was. You, d- you pulled that old trick on someone.
1: Oh, uh, Multiple people. It's yeah, just the thought of it like, it's a mountain lion. It. I feel bad if I lie to them. I don't feel bad if, if, you just if, leave if, if I just details. leave it out and I didn't tell
0: Sneaky. them. Sneaky.
1: Uh, so we just, like, brought a couple different dishes at different times. 100% of the time, every single person that tried it came and was like, what is this dish? It's amazing. Wow. Uh, And, like, other people loved it. As soon as you tell them, like, that was Mountain Lion, some of them are like, "Huh?" Wow. Well, <laughs> like, what do you mean?
0: <laughs> it's a hard um, sell before him. You say, yeah, it's a cat. Yeah. It's tough. It's hard to talk people into that. It
1: is. But every single person that tried it was wanting – I've, no, I've how do had, I make that? And I've never like, had bad lion. No, it's it's so good, and yeah. we've done similar things with with black bears. Like I said, the wolf was really delicious. It's just getting yeah, into that's just crazy. what's the cut of the meat, um, what you know, seasonings, what method yeah. of cooking it is going to be best. But uh, it's it's totally worth taking the meat with you.
0: So what? That's, yeah, it was a great adventure, and really one of the best highlights of my year, and. Krista's as well. We just had so much fun hosting you guys and, and hunting with you and want you to come back for some more adventures. Um, but what's next? You're going on a Sitka black deer hunt on Kodiak.
1: Yep. Just a few weeks from now, we've got it's just a transport hunt. So we've hired um, a transporter to It'd take us out on a boat. Uh, they'll drop us off. We will sleep on the boat in the evenings. Nice. Uh, So they'll cook our meals, those kinds of things. But they are not.
0: You're DIY hunting. Yep.
1: They're not able to tell us, I think you should go over there or. You're
0: on your any own. Any of that.
1: Yep. They drop you at the beach. And that's, uh, with that's skiff, your preferred thing. And then you go. And that's way our preferred for thing. For sure. Obviously, we need a guide for, um, you know, mountain lions or some of those things. I do too. His uh, name is Sphinx. <laughs> Uh, I know that Brody has uh actively talked about wanting to do some guided elk hunting with you. Yeah, it'd be Uh, fun. So there is there there is a time and a place for a guide. Um, and just their expertise, their time in that specific area um that we we greatly appreciate. But we also just love the adventure of figuring it out on your own and just going out there. And sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. And sometimes our success um, is a, is a white tailed doe uh, where somebody else may be disappointed, but for us, just the, the opportunity. If you're
0: disappointed when you shoot a white tailed doe, something's wrong in your head.
1: I completely agree. Or you've done it way too much and you need to
0: take a break. Yeah. Um,
1: But we just, we are so grateful. We love it here in Alaska. The, we say it's like the world's biggest playground
0: it is um, yeah.
1: the fishing the hunting the hiking
0: yeah you guys got a boat up here uh, do a bunch of salmon fishing we do you guys yeah. go, you're all in
1: we are all all in,
0: in <laughs> on the alaska adventure we
1: are we have a lot of out of state things on the bucket list
0: it's just such an incredible story from you have never even handled a, a gun or been hunting or anything close to it to being an alaska resident a successful lion hunter a DIY Kodiak Hunter. It's pretty incredible. You got <laughs> it, a great story.
1: It is amazing and I'm so grateful and and I I truly long for more women to get out there. I'm excited about even just in my time being like you know they call us a huntress i don't know why they do i don't them. like I'm that like, term i'm like i'm a hunter i'm a, I'm a girl hunter yeah we're all hunters
0: but hunter, whatever you want to be
1: is great i don't i don't really care uh but a lot more access to like women's clothing lines um, yeah, women's all, all cut rifles along. uh a lot of different stuff uh, i have certainly delved into some of the the more, like, manly line of things at times because it's more comfortable.
0: What is some of the the brands that you find uh, fitting for female hunters? You, yeah. You were wearing some First Light this past winter? I
1: did. So for the base layer system, just the feel and the fit of their First Light base layers is my absolute favorite. Yeah, They I've have heard like nothing a blend. good things. I got uh, some for Krista. And there's some, there's some other lines that have – good fitting base layers, but I, maybe I'm desensitive, but I feel like either they're itchy or ineffective. Okay. Um, I've been able to wear my first light base layers for 10 days at a time, um, and, and feel good in them.
0: Yeah, that's good gear.
1: Uh, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh,
1: and I've worn it in the hot and in the cold and in both situations, it's done great for me.
0: Um, what, a you got the Weatherby Rifle.
1: I do. The Weatherby wife Rifle from their Camilla brand. Uh, I personally, for my body type, love the Sitka women's line for pants. Yeah, okay. I have tried the First Light pants. They're a little bit baggy for my preference. Okay. Um, but they're they're great quality, just not my personal fit. Sure. Um, the Sitka line for um, pants and jackets for me has been amazing. But I do actually cross into the men's world for my puffy system and you can't beat stone glacier
0: yeah that's some um, good stuff the
1: lightweight puffy system uh that they have is just
0: the Grumman goose down
1: yes it's amazing
0: i just got the new uh synthetic jacket they came out with okay and i'm a big fan of that it's heavier and bulkier but it's so bomber
1: yeah it uh, is if you're
0: just gonna get yeah i've if you're gonna be in wet weather, I, it seems to be my preference. But that in the winter time, cat hunting and stuff, yeah. and that dry cold, yeah, and the snow and stuff, man, that that goose down SG really nailed it. It
1: makes one. a big difference, and even just in the night, you know, if you're a little chilly in the tent,
0: have you? Do you have their sleeping bag? I don't. Oh,
1: we that's use, a home run for the sleeping bag. We have gone with Kifaru, yeah, um, because it's synthetic. It's
0: synthetic, okay,
1: uh, and just the. The dynamic of if it gets wet, it's nice. You get wet. You can sleep yourself dry. That's right. Um, and the down is I definitely do, I nice. do that
0: in the down too, but yep. I, it's certainly a – superior uh material (laughs) and soak this is synthetic if you're going to be in soaking wet stuff every night when you crawl in your sleeping bag that synthetic works yeah
1: totally really well uh and brody has a great down sleeping bag that he likes from enlightened okay uh it's a custom down bag that's real lightweight great for like sheep hunting a lot of that kind of yeah just because physically i can't keep up with him i have not delved into any sheep anything Um, that's where I kind of, thus far, have drawn my line to say I hope you can be successful first, yep, uh, and then we'll see if I get there. Yeah, hey,
0: you got a mountain goat. I know. You know what they say, the goat hunt starts where the sheep hunt ends. <laughs> so you are, you already sheep hunting will be easy.
1: Yeah, well, I, we'll see.
0: Well, I'm excited for you guys to continue your Alaskan adventure and to uh, to continue developing our friendship together and hopefully get you back down. Into the lower 48, and of course, we'll always be coming up here. Yeah. And the, sh- the show goes on.
1: That sounds great.
0: So, you are a great ambassador for the hunting community, and particularly women getting into hunting. I think you have a great story and a lot of good insight. Uh, would you be okay if anyone if listening was getting, if any gals listening or... Or guys getting their gals into hunting? had questions. Would you facilitate some of that?
1: Absolutely. Anybody can ask me anything. I am not an expert. Well, I um, think I think you're
0: honest, looking for authentic perspective, blue
1: collar. I I've tried it or give it a try. Um, any of those things. Anything that I've learned, I would love cooking. other people to learn from.
0: And you're on Instagram, and yep. is it just Becca Harris?
1: It is, and my handle is B Lynn Six. Spell that. B, like the letter B, Lynn, L Y N N, it's my maiden name. Okay. And six, which was my number in college. Easy
0: enough. B, Lynn, six. And if you follow me, you could probably find Becca pretty easily in, in the list of people I follow. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. This was super fun. Yes. We'll have to do it again. So great. Because you've got so many stories, and um, you're going to have more a year from now. Yes. Remember to keep that rifle in your lap when (laughs) when you're in brown bear country.
1: And if all else fails, use that trekking pole. (laughs) And if all else
0: fails, (laughs) just say a prayer and javelin (laughs) that trekking pole. All right, Becca, thank you so much.
1: Yes, thanks, Pete.